0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
1: T's and C's apply. New South Wales, authorisation number TP slash 01005.
2: If you're into cars, get into Repco. Everything you need for your car this summer.
1: Want to know your apex from your brake bias? This is Race Control with Greg Murphy and Stephen McIver. Good evening to you. It is 7.01 on a Tuesday evening and welcome to an earlier edition of Repco Race Control as we remember one of the great voices and great Australian entertainers who passed away in the last 24 hours and that was Olivia Newton-John gone at the age of 73 with the return of breast cancer. That song, Let's Get Physical, believe this, it was voted by Billboard magazine as the biggest song of the 80s. It was the number one song of 1982, and that's my fun fact for you tonight, Murph. How about that?
0: I'm really sad today, aren't you? Yeah, I heard that this morning. Um, yeah, it, it is. I mean, I think... Uh, we were all in love with Olivia Newton-John back in the eighties. <laughs> yes, we with were. Greece. I mean, yeah, there's, uh, and yeah, some of her music and, and, and the likes. She was she was an icon, wasn't she? she was an absolute Aussie. What, what do you at, at,
1: at that time of you know the Olivia Newton-John Greece? What were you doing? Do you remember where you were when you heard that? And even physically? Do you remember where you were? So I'm a great believer that there are songs. You go, I know where I was or what I was doing at that time. Was any
0: one of those songs? Yeah. Nah. No, no, not a chance, mate. Um, what are we talking? How long ago? What uh, was that was that eighty. Ago? That was
1: eighty-two, and Greece was seventy-nine. Greece was, was seventy-nine.
0: I would have been so focused on racing carts at the time. Right, so I was ten years old, and um, yeah, that would have been my life, and I would have uh, been immersed in that. Everything else really wouldn't have mattered, to be honest.
1: Nah, fair, fair play. I was, I was, I was. I went and saw Greece seven Older. times. Seven times, yeah. seven times. I just well,
0: who didn't see
1: it? Who didn't who see did. it? At the yes. time, it was the biggest grossing movie of the year. Like it grossed yes. like three hundred and thirty-eight million US there in nineteen seventy-nine, which was and made her a global superstar. She ended up winning four Grammys. The, oh, I'm just sad. I'm, I'm just sad. We and, and of course we lost the Seekers uh, lady yesterday uh, the other day as well. So sad day for the Australian music industry and those that loved. Um, Uh, Let me even join. All right, this is Repco Race Control coming your way uh, before 8 o'clock. We're just doing 7 to 8 today. We're going to talk to Avalon about MotoGP. But first up, this is what we're going to talk about. It was a Ganassi victory last year. Will it be a Ganassi victory this year? After having such an eventful start to the race, McLaughlin tries to drag race Dixon and can't do it. Scott Dixon wins the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Holy smoke! God, it's (laughs) fantastic. what a drive what a result the two scots drag racing out of turn 11. he now has sold possession of second on the all-time wins list with career win 53.
0: And he might have taken a major step towards championship number seven. Scott, there are so many places we can go as we chat, but let's just talk about the weekend. i got the sense that you weren't super pleased with how things were going. How improbable is this win? Well, you know, I think the tough thing all weekend is I knew the PNC Bank number nine was, was super fast. You know, we proved that in the warm-up. We just didn't have many consecutive laps, but kudos to the team. We had a big crash there. It took half the floor off the car. We had to take four turns the front wing out, so we had no grip, and then... I think we did about 45 or 50 laps on that last set of tires. So, the last stop, we didn't even take tires. So, huge credit to Firestone as well. But, uh, oh man, Nashville's so awesome. We saw how good the McLaughlin car has been all weekend. How did you hold him off? Real, real worried about him just because I knew he'd take chances. He kind of has to with, uh, you know, the, the standings at the moment and he was super fast as well and, and uh, honestly, he had fresh tires too, so it was a bit of a sitting duck. I think if there was a lap or two more, it would have been uh, really tough to do, but congrats to him on, uh, on a great weekend and hopefully that was good for us for points. Congratulations. It was good. Six backs, second in the championship and now there is one driver that has more wins than Scott Dixon. His name is A.J. Foyt. How much more time did you need? one lap, <laughs> we were alongside there across the finish line, but oh man, we are 16th I think on that last pit exchange, and just had an awesome restart, and man the car was fast, It's Dex in race cars, Chevy was unreal, good on its feel, good power and yeah, just just fell short at the end, but congrats to Scotty um, always dreamed of like racing him to the finish, I know it was, we sort of had that in Texas last year, but that was a proper duel, and uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun and that's why I come into car racing this is, this is the best race in the world finishing second to any of these guys here is a pretty good accomplishment. How do you take from today? I hate coming second, but that uh, is it's what it is, but I learned a lot today, and we'll focus and get better, and um, I'm really proud of everyone, you know, proud of myself, proud of my team, proud of everyone, like we rebounded, and you know, come here with a car that was fast enough to challenge for a race win and got a pole, so
1: it's a great weekend, great points weekend, and we'll just keep pushing the last three races of the year. Scott McLaughlin got polled, but second in the uh, Big City Music Grand Prix in Nashville, Scott Dixon and Murphy. you and I have talked about this before, he is one of these guys that just consistently gets places and, you know, the third's, the fourth's, the fifth's, gets the points, and now he goes and gets another win. Sits uh, second in the championship behind Will Power. Will Power's on 450, Dixon on 444. It would not surprise you or anyone that he snags number seven championship, would it?
0: I, I, I sat and watched it live. Um, it was delayed by a couple of hours um, because of uh, thunderstorms in Nashville. Um, so everyone was uh, sitting around in their motorhomes, um, twiddling their th- fingers for quite a while. And uh, the broadcast team did a very good job yeah, of, of filling in a lot of time and doing some uh, some very, very entertaining interviews with the drivers. Um, but I didn't see that coming, mate. I mean, it, Scott, Scott McLaughlin uh, deserved to win that race because – he was the fastest guy. He stuck it on pole. Um, he was the fastest car on the racetrack. He was cruising, absolutely cruising. And then all hell broke loose. And, you know, Nashville, very, very tricky oh. racetrack. They all seem to enjoy it. I mean, the guys that I have spoken to, and I spoke to Hunter McElroy about it as well, loves the track. They just, they really enjoy it. And I look at it and I think it's, it's almost terrifying.
1: It, um, it, 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 the parts coaching. that reminded me of the Wellington Street race, how narrow it
0: was. Yeah, true. But you watch, um, I watched Scotty's in car today. Oh, sorry. On board today of his pole lab. Oh yeah. Wow. And it's just, it's, it's, if you haven't seen it, go to Instagram. It's on Instagram on his, on his uh, feed. It's, it's phenomenal. And um, you know, he was, he was just, he's just getting it together. It's coming together and coming together and coming together. And I, I, I think um, I, I think they almost sort of are a little bit shocked actually about his speed. I mean, um The passing, the moves he was making during that race, as he said, he was 16th after uh, the late um, pit exchange. I mean, they worked against him all day. The safety cars worked against him and his strategy all day. And eventually, with a bad pit stop, put him all the way near the back. On the flip side, the more safety cars that came, the more the likes of uh, Rossi, Herter, and Dixon were given the chances to get back in. Because they were all down a lap. They were all down a lap with damage and you know the race looked like it was over for Herter. It looked like it was over for, for Rossi. It was over for Dixon with all the damage. And then they all they ended up all being back in the top ten. So it was one of those days where you just keep plugging away, stay positive, the team keeps talking you through it. You you just keep doing the laps, and their cars were obviously reasonably fast. And look what happens. It just turned to Pavlova. For oh. Scott Dixon. Yes. It was, it was phenomenal. I mean, there's no way, there's no way when he was sitting in the pit dropping a lap down with those that damage to that car that he would ever have <laughs> envisaged no. that he was going to end up crossing. And you could see it on his face. He got out of the car and he's just in disbelief of what has just happened. But you know what? That is what can happen. And you know, I agree with Scott McLaughlin. It, IndyCar is exciting. I think it was great that they red flagged it. And didn't do those final few laps under under safety car that they got it back to green. Looked after they they look
1: after the product. They get they care about the product and look after it. And and that's the I'm just wondering though, Murph, with three races to go, we've got Illinois, Portland, and then Monterey as the final round with Scott McLaughlin on 392, where he's probably just a tad a tad behind. Oh no, he's not. He's not genuinely to challenge.
0: No, he's not in the game. I think, it, you know, finishing the season, what a great result.
1: Top five would be nice. Um, he's sitting sixth.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's uh, based on what we've seen can happen and, and how things can change. Look at Scott Dixon's change in his run um, in the last little while. Anything is still possible. I think the focus will be for, for Scotty McLaughlin will be just to try and absolutely smash home these last races, the best possible results he can. And, you know, he's done it again. He's put himself on the... You know he's on the win list. he was about yeah. to be on uh, the win list again with yeah. three wins um, and he, and deserved it. Um so he's just got to keep doing those things and just that build and build and build that confidence and and take it through to two thousand and twenty three where he will be a genuine contender for that title because he's just learning, learning, learning. and I mean the speed that he showed on 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 the weekend is testament to his workload and what he's prepared to put in. To to you know dot every i cross every t. It's 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 for me as a ex racing car driver. It's 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 just awesome to watch. It really is. And two kiwis again, man. First and second across the line, two kiwi <laughs> flags. I mean, it's it's got to start pissing some people off, surely. Before too long. <laughs>
1: Seriously. Uh, oh, I mean, I love it. Uh, on a week where we've uh, we've we've had twenty gold medals uh, and more kiwis doing something yeah. at, at an elite level, it sure. just shows. You know, I love the I love how uh, even Scott McLaughlin has come out and said that. Scott Dixon is the most underrated sportsman that New Zealand has produced. When do you do you think that will ever change that he will get the credit that he is due from the sporting public in this country? Or is that just the way it rolls in this country?
0: Well, I'm sure they're gonna hand out some more knighthoods and bloody damehoods for you know, to do, some, you think, um, do you think do you think that's the sort of recognition
1: you would give him? Would no, you I
0: I don't think you'd want it, but no. um, because he's a sports person. You know, at the end of the day, sports people You know, for doing what they love, Um, I don't. I don't agree should be handed out um, those kinds of accolades. Um, You know, he. I don't think he's worried about it or phased by it. I mean, those that are motorsport fans know know what he's done, knows what he's achieved. Um, I, I, I think it's. I don't think it's understood in the greater sporting community the effort and the work and the concentration and the focus and the physical aspects that they put in and how much effort that is on a day. Basis, mm. just because it's a piece of machinery and there's big money involved, right? He's mm. he'll be he'll be one of the highest paid, if not the high, most highest paid New Zealand sports person. No, it won't be the highest because some of the MMA and the Ste- boxing. Ste- Stephen kind of Adams stuff, makes
1: about twenty five million yeah, yeah, a year. Of course, yeah,
0: of course he does. So so he's not the highest, but he certainly is is one of the, the highest paid. And and you know that doesn't make him better than anyone else in that respect. But but his his sporting achievements and his mental and physical achievements and, and what he puts into it and his skill on an international basis deserves to be, uh, you know, deserves to be acknowledged more. Does it frustrate
1: you as an ex-race car driver and as an individual that people don't look at you as an individual but more of a team player, right? You know how there are always individual awards going on. They say, oh, no, motor racing is not an individual sport. It's about a team and a car. Does that Has ever this frustrated
0: you? Uh, well it's it's quite because you've just explained what quite, Scott McLaughlin it it. Uh,
1: Dixon goes through and we've seen it.
0: And that's individual it is a team sport, but the yeah. team but team sports in this country get accolades mm. all the time. You know? Um, but, but not recognised like, as an
1: individual, right? He's won a couple of sports uh, of the years and things like he has, that. Yes, but... he's
0: won a few bits and pieces, but you know. Um, anyway, regardless of that, we know how great he is and it's just it's it's just phenomenal to watch. I mean he he is special because you know, these kinds of things uh, that happened on the weekend just don't happen to to everybody. Um, you know, that's management uh, that is, you know, having having an, an innate awareness of everything going on around you. It's the ability to stay calm. His his calmness hmm. under pressure. I mean, he qualified in P nowhere. He was so far out the back. Started 14th, and then, yeah. And then he ended up, ended up doing what he did um, <laughs> after being in trouble and going down the lap and everything. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. It's incredible. It really is.
1: Well, I think our Midas service moment of the week, trust the team at Midas for your next car service, it doesn't actually go to Dixon. I think it goes to Scott McLaughlin. Because once again, yeah, P1, uh, could have won, but it again is showing incre- incremental growth in year two that he is a player in this game that is called IndyCar. He
0: is the player.
1: He's a he's player.
0: What did I say at the start of the year?
1: Well we thought well, you actually thought he'd win the championship I think you I said he
0: was a cha- I said he was I said he was
1: a <laughs> Yeah you're right no and yeah. I mean if not for a couple of uh what was what, that was last year was it no, it was last year the, uh, uh, where he, he didn't push against New Garden. Or was it this year he didn't push against New Garden on the Oval?
0: Uh, this year. He lost, the, he lost the second race of the year, Michigan, yeah. uh, to New Garden on the last lap.
1: That's right. He yeah. sh- if, he'd, if he'd pushed a little hard, he would have won it. So anyway. Uh, well, if he'd been a
0: bit hard, but been a bit tougher, maybe. Maybe he would have, maybe he wouldn't have. But he was. it was his teammate, so he played nice. And it, it's his bus bro.
1: Bus bro, yeah. i got to get a look at some more of that. It looks like a lot of fun. The Mitre Service moment of the week is... Scott Dixon, P, excuse me, Scott McLaughlin, P1 and number, n- number two. Here, yeah, don't let an overdue service cost you more in can a long run. you give it
0: to one. both the of them, don't you?
1: See the team No, I gave it to, well, I, we are giving it to Scott McLaughlin because when I had an early discussion with you, uh, I said, what did you think of that performance by uh, Scott Dixon? You said to me, well, everything fell his way. So I would prefer to give it to Scott McLaughlin because he actually r- drove a really good race from P1.
0: Yeah, yeah, and everything went and went against, and
1: things went against him.
0: It was actually his recovery from being P sixteen to pass. I mean, his passes were sublime. Yeah, he didn't feed anyone into the fence like his teammate did. He (laughs) did. He didn't push anyone off the track. He just made moves that were class, absolute class, classy. and that's what I that's what I enjoyed most about that drive was his was his ability to actually get the job done and make the passes and make them stick and, I, do, and uh, drive drive his way back to second place. I
1: also enjoyed the fact that Joseph Newgard reminded uh, Roman Grosjean that welcome Grosjean, uh, Grosjean welcome to Indy Pal simply and in, in mm-hmm. the wall again. Grosjean,
0: Roman Roman is a guy that um that very much when it happens to him it's it's he forgets very much that he's done that to others
1: you got to love this. It's like it's a one-way street. It's a one-way deal. The funny thing with what's going on with Grosjean at the moment and others is that they're actually turning into a bit of a uh, drive to survive. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of Good. stuff going on. And. But more to the point, the racing is so much better. This is Repco Race Control, just till eight o'clock this Tuesday, because it's basketball finals week, and the, the grand final of the NBL is coming away this Thursday. Live here on SENZ. it's seven seventeen. Uh, we'll take a wee pit stop, and we'll start talking MotoGP with Avalon shortly. Seven twenty-two. This is SNZ and Repco Race Control on a Tuesday because it's basketball finals week here in New Zealand. The NBL finals on Thursday night, live here on SENZ. You probably hear it on the SENZ uh, app, an Australian SENZ app here in New Zealand. Bit of Saturday night fever, of course. John Travolta, big part of a Living Newton, John's life and with Greece and the like. And of course, we started the night off with the, the loss of a living Newton John at age seventy-three. Anyway, let's move on and, and think all good thoughts because Avalon Biddle's in the house. Hey, Avalon, how are you?
2: Hey guys, how are you?
1: We are good. Uh, let's talk <laughs> MotoGP, British Grand Prix. Pecco's back in the house.
2: Yeah, absolutely. He's um showing what he's made of once again, isn't he?
0: Yeah. Um did you see the whole GP?
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was actually um very impressed with how close it was. Like it's not yeah. often that you get a race that remains that close right down to the finish line, so I definitely think Pico had superior pace there, but um the boys didn't make it easy for him, that's for sure.
0: Our uh, tyre choice, big one. A um, few changes on the grid by the sounds of it as well. Uh, people going from the soft to the medium, um, and Vinales clearly um, had the strategy right. Just ran out of time because he was uh, he managed to look after that Aprilia very well, didn't he?
2: Yeah, isn't it impressive to see just how far the Aprilia has come with both riders are so strong now. And yeah, I must say, watching Maverick ride all weekend, was was, he's just a pleasure to watch on track, to be honest. He's just so smooth, so flowing, hardly makes a mistake. Um, And as you say, yeah, he definitely had that strategy nailed. Um, I think possibly Aprilia was surprised how well the Ducati rear tire did last. Um, with even Miller right up there until the end as well. So I think I feel probably, probably a little bit surprised by that, but obviously uh, still very happy with how both riders performed, especially after Alaysha's massive high side on Saturday. Uh, they've got to be happy that he finished only one place behind the championship leader.
1: And it, when it was announced uh, 14 hours ago that actually after that high side, it's been checked, he was he was riding with a fractured heel. So yeah. that's that's a hell of an effort, I mean... How difficult is that?
2: Uh, really, really hard, obviously, but um, I've definitely ridden with broken bones myself, and you just, you're just so focused on what you're doing, um, and you have a lot of adrenaline <laughs> running through your body that you are kind of able to put that pain aside. Um, yeah, feet are difficult as well because they can either really, really hurt on the bike, especially your feet to either change gear or use the rear brake, so, it can be a real nuisance or um, cannot affect you at all. So, yeah, he obviously got away with it. He actually said that um, it wasn't the same at all, that how it back in the race. Just a bit of a of issue that was going to be a bit back than he had the back to be earlier on in the weekend. So, it seemed a bit too much. I don't want to actually make it all myself. Hey,
1: Av, are you, are you, are you, are you excuse me, the are you walking around, Ev?
2: No, is the
1: reception bad? Yeah, the reception's pretty crappy at the moment. It's just you've gone. You, are, you, are you still there? Can, I, can you come back at us and say hello? Can,
2: can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, that's better. Is, is this you, any better? Uh, you, were on, okay. you were on speaker, weren't you?
2: <laughs> no, uh, well, the reception's not very good out here in Rangiora. <laughs> <laughs> Rangiora. Rangiora. It's
1: better now. Better now. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, the long lap penalty that Quattarara was that the. No, it was a long lap <laughs> penalty. Did he have a long lap penalty? For... Well, it didn't really exist, did it? Well, I was just, <laughs> oh, Okay, I was just asking. Yeah, I know it, what you're saying. It oh. was
0: pretty pathetic.
1: Okay, but did it did it affect his chances of the win was the question?
2: I don't think so. Well, the funny thing is, as Murph's saying, he only lost 1.6 seconds, which he could have easily lost by like, missing a downshift or running wide into a corner. So he absolutely didn't lose a lot of time. But he did end up further back in the pack, so I think he dropped from, what, second down to fifth. And then First, yeah. he, in the end, he ends up dropping down to eight. eight. And he claims his lack of pace at the end of the race due to his o- rear tyre overheating, which he reckons was from riding in the bunch. And it's quite obvious now that he does try to get out front and he quite often does try to get clear air, which is what he's saying is the Yamaha's need to keep those tyres cool enough. So kind of the penalty um, wasn't a huge amount in terms of time penalty, but did actually really badly affect his race. So... Kind of interesting how that one played out. And I guess it's a huge mm. advantage for the other guys now because they're going to know to try to get in front of him for the rest of the season. And they're going to do it on purpose um, to try get his tyres to overheat again um, as it's obviously something Yamaha is struggling with. So, is yeah, that, pretty is interesting quite, how that one played out. Is that quite
1: common, what what, what you've just explained about getting stuck? more you know, the front tyre, isn't
0: it? Um, it's been more, they've been complaining more about the front tyre, eh?
2: Yeah, they do normally complain about the front, but Quarara is adamant it um, was the rear and that it's not something he's had an issue with most season. It's only when he's in that group of riders. So, yeah, pretty interesting. I definitely expect it to be the front. Um, yeah, even racing locally here, you do notice if you're in a bunch, just ev- even the bike just runs so much hotter um, in terms of engine temperature. So, yeah, definitely affects things and pretty interesting.
0: She's she's hotter. Th- I mean, it's, it's meant that the championship... Um really again after you know, it was looking like it was slipping away, Bagnaya falling off his bike a couple of times and in, in, you know, race-winning positions, costing him a lot of points, especially if we look at the championship where it is now. I mean, what is it we've got to go? We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight races still remaining at twenty-five points. Uh, a piece, a win. That's a couple of hundred points. He, still he's he's and
1: Pecco's forty nine behind Quatuaro,
0: so he's well on the hunt. Plenty of points. He's well on the well hunt. But, and I it's, mean, it's it's on, isn't it, Ev? I mean, it is seriously on.
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then we've still got Elasius Bagaro still in there yeah. fighting for it, which no one expected. So yeah, it absolutely is. Quaturo is very consistent. I'll give him that. It's going to take a couple of mistakes. Um, for Bagnaya to make up that points gap. But especially yeah. as they go overseas and head to those Asian races um, or Phillip Island in Australia, which are all on the trot, um, yeah, definitely going to be some exciting racing ahead and definitely some tracks that suit the Yamaha and then some that suit the Ducati. So I think we're going to see it to and fro a little bit more.
1: Well, how, do you, how is uh, the Red Bull ring on these bikes? I
0: mean, I think, oh, gosh. Ducati won it. A Ducati, a Ducati track,
2: isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Ducati have won there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah. oh, they've changed. Yeah, I it, want though. to say just about everywhere. Right? The track's changed, though, hasn't oh, it? They put it yeah. in a chicane. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, after the, after the after the big crash. Yeah,
0: so that's going to take oh, away yeah. actually the Ducati advantage in a big way, I would have thought.
2: Yeah, I think they're still going to have that top end speed advantage, but like one other area that they're really strong in is um, under braking. Which, yeah, as you say, that chicane is gonna is going to change things a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, it could it could make up. And the thing that gets me with Korderaro is just how competitive he is at every track. You really see the other Yamaha riders, you know, either all up around tenth spot or all back down in twentieth. Whereas Korderaro somehow manages to get himself up in that top five at every track, which. Is super impressive, um, and I can see why Yamaha wanted to hold on to him for another few years.
1: So, who are you favouring now? With what did you say, Murph? Eight rounds to go. Uh, uh, Austria's yeah. up next. Who do you like? The, I mean, it's it's obvious they're a, they're the front runners. But of oh, of Bagnaya, oh, excuse me. What was I looking at? Uh, Alasia Spargo, Peco, Quattararo. Who do you like to take the championship? Or is it still that tight? Forty nine points the difference between Quattararo and Bagnaya. Do you still like the consistency of Quatuaro?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> you can say,
1: hey, Remember, we're ringing you, experts, so you say whatever the hell you want.
2: <laughs> I think, look, they both, they both deserve it. Anyone out there who's racing and winning races obviously deserves it. But, yeah, for me, Quatuaro, just riding on a bike that's possibly not as great, doesn't have the top-end speed anyway of the other machines, and to just ride so consistent and um, to ride quite aggressively as well, but in general sensible as well. Um, We've seen Peko make a few mistakes, and if Peko doesn't make any more mistakes for the rest of the championship, then he absolutely deserves to win. But, um, yeah, we do see him make those mistakes on occasion. Um, And I do think, I honestly think the penalty for Quatterara was really harsh. I mean, in essence he he was just going for the pass, and we see a lot worse than that um, that doesn't get penalised. So, I think he's yeah you know, sort of got um he's sort of got a bit of fight in him, uh, especially after being handed that penalty. And I think you will um we'll still see those consistent performances all year long.
0: Yeah, and 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 you know what I was having a crack before about that um along that penalty and, and to be honest it probably what he ended up getting suited the crime considering also you know um, how others have gone unpunished so it actually probably became a, quite a fair a fair kind of deal in that respect um, the other thing I was going to say was um, the one thing that he doesn't have which Pico Bagnara's got is a, is a rare gunner because Jack Miller is going to do whatever <laughs> it takes uh, to help <laughs> Pico as he did again on the weekend he did the best he could Um, And he's not going to get in the way and fight Peko, is he? He's not going to stop him from getting those points.
2: No, absolutely. And isn't it amazing to see that relationship between Ducati and Jack Miller unfold? Um, Even, as you say, at the end of the relationship, uh, Jack is still so loyal to them. And, yeah, he will fight right to the very end to do anything to help Bagnaya. So, it's been pretty special to see that and to see that mutual respect there, which I guess Ducati also deserve, um, given that they gave Jack that chance on a factory bike. So, yeah, very cool. And and as you say, yeah, it could actually play out um, to be very important, especially if it comes down to the last race of the season. We're going to see, yeah, Jack do just absolutely anything he can. So, yeah, very true. And, and unfortunately, Koduraru probably doesn't quite have that support Yes, the Aprilia boys um, are there for each other too, and has, uh has been putting in some pretty impressive performances. I do wonder if that, that team uh, spirit dynamic will play out in Aprilia or if it will just be yeah. each man for their yeah. own. That could be quite interesting to see unfold, actually.
0: Well, that's, that's, yeah. that's, well Maverick's, Maverick's not, uh, not someone that would be considering himself to be number two, right?
2: No, <laughs> he's not known for his, I guess, team spirit or whatever you would call it. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they're both going to be fighting for race wins, um, definitely for more races throughout the season.
1: Got to love it, Ev. Thanks for joining us and talking about GP. Yeah, thanks, uh, Av. I will see you on Monday morning because uh, you got your wish. You get to do another uh, Sky Speed because Murph's uh, busy in Oz, so it's uh, you and me on, on Monday, girl, okay?
2: Thanks,
1: Murph, and, yeah, we'll see you then. See, we're looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just don't be too good. <laughs> notice, okay? how she, notice how she said, thanks, Murph, how polite she was. Yeah. Thanks, Murph, yeah. later. Yeah. Thanks, I appreciate it. Talk, see you Monday, 7.34. This is Repco Race Control. 7.38, this is Repco Race Control and Grease Lightning. John Travolta at his best, and that's what Murph's going to be doing uh, next week, I think, in Australia, being Grease Lightning, uh, testing once again for... Repco Bathurst One Thousand, get you going, get you, make you want to get in that that uh, car and go. That Boost Mobile Commodore, and get just get your thing on. Because I saw you had What, head going and, Lightning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw you start. I saw you start singing, so I knew it was. We knew. I knew it hit the right mark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if while I was um, sort of air guitaring to Grease Lightning this
0: year, that it was making me think about driving a supercar at Bathurst. To be honest. But yeah, but uh, testing next week. Segue?
1: Testing next week, right?
0: Yeah, head over on Saturday, uh, mm. Mr. Stanaway and I will jump over to Melbourne. We've got a our livery launch on Sunday at uh, the Erebus Motorsport Open Day at their workshop. Where where, so are, they, where are they
1: based? In, are they based in Melbourne? Melbourne, they're in Melbourne, but they're in Melbourne, right? Yeah,
0: near Dandenong, near Dandenong. So anyone that's listening in Australia, if you're in Melbourne, you want to come down on Sunday to the Erebus Open Day, we'll be unveiling the Boost Mobile Wildcard Entry livery. So for- so.
1: Supercars So okay So the livery that we saw That was supposed to be last year With the, the racing Kiwi on the side How much no. And you said Oh that might not you were, you were playing with me That might not be the You know the final livery Is that the final livery? Or a
0: variation no. of? Variation of No it's actually not even a variation of It's just uh, <laughs> It's uh, very different too. <laughs> it's very different actually To to that so, Oh
1: yeah. okay But there is a, is there a big Kiwi on it? Can you tease me that one? I don't think so. Oh, really? Because I thought that was so yeah. cool. Yeah. Because that's the one thing. No. that' That's the one thing you're always very passionate about is is representing the country. I've always. I've, I've, I've well, known, I, I think I've known listen,
0: that about let me, you. Let me tell you that there may still be um uh part of the livery that very much will be in line with our kiwi kiwiana. Let's just say that.
1: That could that could be anything. Could be pineapple lumps. Well,
0: it could, it could be, could <laughs> be It could be, it could be something that's on the screen behind you. Um, it could be, oh, could be all sorts silver of
1: fern, right? Of course, the silver fern. Yeah, oh, that's an, that's an obvious one. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty cool.
0: Good. Well, you didn't pick it. Well, you gave obvious, me the most obvious. obvious. Yeah, no, I didn't pick it. At that's lunch. fair
1: enough. You didn't have to tell me, but yeah. that's that's okay. Um, how's the training going? I mean, you you know, I know you, you're incredibly busy, but getting back in the car. I mean, do, is it do, is that your happy place?
0: Well, it used to be. I mean, I still do like I still I still do feel happy inside a car mm. um, and going and uh, roundy roundy and trying to drive fast. Um, I do, um, but this is this is you know, this is having to, as I said before, oh, as I've said many times, mm. this is having to have a bit of a reset on the old uh, thinking and the concentration and. Yeah. and you know um the effort required is is a lot more significant So the training's you know the training's going alright it's not not as much as i probably would like to be prioritizing just the weather has actually been a big big uh, issue for that recently i haven't really been out riding my bike like i like i would like to think i would be as much but still hitting the gym um it's been sort of three four sessions a week the last um i don't know last few weeks
1: is the neck the, um, is the neck the big thing in those cars or is it the whole upper body that's the big thing
0: i've always no, wondered what's it, it's, it's, it's actually the whole thing i mean you you know you're putting you're sort of doing around a 100 kilo leg press every time you hit the brake pedal and depending on how oh, many forces okay. there are and how, and how fast you're going you know there's there's a significant amount of load going through you know, your your calf, your quad, your you know, your hamstring, your into your your glute and all that kind of stuff. Your core is really important. We've been doing a lot of core work. My train has been punishing that area <laughs> plus So you've got plus a plus re- neck. So, so, oh, okay, so you've got you've, you're getting a bit of a, a ripped ripped through the old
1: abs. You got some abs there. Oh, I don't know. Oh, they're in there.
0: They're, 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 they're still, in there? They're still being <laughs> yeah. They're still being camouflaged by <laughs> ex, ex, extra extra uh, sort of body skin that I wish I didn't have. Oh, they're, yeah. they're certainly working harder than what they normally do. Yeah.
1: Alrighty uh So we're a couple of weeks away from the next run, which is the uh, Penrite All Sandown Super Sprint. Well, it's uh,
0: next weekend. Yeah, next weekend, not this weekend.
1: Next yeah, well, weekend, I said a couple of weekends hard. away, right? And but they're going. Yeah super softs all weekend good good because
0: well
1: they're, hopefully you know, they're um,
0: um yeah but I, uh I, I can't actually be 100 percent sure on what kind of the surface of sand down these days is it uh, abrasive is it does it hurt tires I, uh, i'm not sure demands a lot of the rear tire because of traction at um at sand down so you're asking a lot of the rear tire from slow speed to to get a you know to get off the corners so um Yeah, listen, hopefully that means that the super soft will wear and have a degradation phase, which means that, um, you know, that creates a strategy sort of option, which just means Shane Van Gisbergen will will flog the more stupid, probably, um, if that's the case.
1: 472... Drives it was, starts last weekend at the OTR Supersprint, just surpassed, I didn't believe this, uh, Fabian Kordart had actually raced 471 times uh, in a supercar. Now Shane's yep. surpassed him. And, and the one thing I, I picked up while reading uh, stuff on supercars is that they've all finally picked up what Shane told us uh, a couple of weeks back on Sky Speed, uh, was that he was wanting to bag points, plenty of points before... Before Bathurst, because that's a 300-pointer, and he's literally got mm. a 300 point uh, lead now. So it's, it's going to be fascinating. Um, b- before we take another break, the mobile mean machine. Yeah. Now, what's that all about? I saw that on, on my, one of my social feeds. and go, oh, there's Murph again, that looking mm. for the meanest machine. Now, do, is, do you category, what do you categorize as what's a an,
0: mean machine? It's an, it's an opportunity just to give away money on behalf of mobile. <laughs> Mobile One, um, so yeah, uh, obviously uh, a brand that I'm associated with, and and we've got a little competition going on, which is Mobile Mean Machine. What you got to do is go to the website mobilemeanmachine.co.nz and upload your mean pictures of your mean machine. So it, it constitutes anything, and I just looked at some of the entries. I haven't been on here for a little while, and I looked at some of the entries, and and based on um, basically some of the entries I've seen, it does constitute literally. Anything. There's a 1995 Kia Sportage in here, which um, is definitely not road registerable. And there's one cool dude standing next to it, giving it the big uh, finger ups. And uh, clearly, that's what he thinks is a cool, is a mean machine. Uh, I, I shouldn't rightfully laugh, rightfully so. But well, no.
1: yeah, I know I shouldn't laugh, but I, I just look at a Kia Sportage and go. Mean Machine, but
0: it's a 1995 one too. By the way, it's not a not 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 new. Someone's actually got the <laughs> Havel H6 in there as well. Not yeah. getting a lot of votes. Not getting a yeah, lot of votes. Yeah. Let's say, yeah, you're pushing it there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> okay. So what's get the website there. again?
0: Mobile Mean Machine. Yes, it's, it's Machine.co.nz Get in there, put it in, and, and basically get votes. You've got to go out there and push people to vote for you. And if you uh, get the most votes, then you will win the mullah. Oh, how much money? How much money up for grabs? Ten grand. Easy 10 grand. All wow. you got to do is put your car up there and get people to vote for
1: you. All right. No, yeah. I won't put the Ford Everest up there. It's not that mean. Uh, 7.46, mm. back shortly. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's just eating a lemon. Why, he's saying, why, after all that wonderful music, did you go for Britney? I'm not saying yeah. anything. It's 7.51. Great news over the weekend. We spoke to Hayden Patton last week here on Rapco Race Control, and they were getting prepared for their WCR WRC run. And the Hyundai New Zealand rally team, Hyundai. And they've placed third, elevated up from fourth. The third place is getting uh, disqualified. That's a good run.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's super challenging to get back in over there and go to Finland. I mean, man, I don't know if you watched any of it on the weekend. I I'm, I'm, I think I've spoken about this before uh, around Finland and some of these these um, rallies over in Europe. And and the WRC here for Ripco Rally New Zealand is going to be exactly the same. I mean some of the things in Finland and and the roads that they were, they were jumping their way through. The the, the, the vision is just ridiculous, completely ridiculous. And um, um, so I watched a bit of Hayden's stuff as well. And um, man, he was, I mean, his commitment looks amazing. Um, Clearly, you know, not spending the time amongst the best of the best of the best on a regular basis is going to take some time to catch up on and just get that speed and that commitment and that confidence. But, uh, yeah, well done to him, um, you know, for, for having a crack at it. Uh, finished two minutes or so, I think it was, um, around two minutes off the, um, the the winner of the rally, who then, I think, soon in got uh, disqualified. But, um, you know, I think he's got to come away pretty pleased with that. And the car was pretty much in one piece. And and uh, it, it looked good. But it was an amazing rally. Um, let's just speak about uh, who won it. Oyt uh, Tanak actually won the rally. From um, Kelly Rovanpera, and it was a m- monstrous battle between the two of them. Tennant pretty much led from start to finish. After Rovanpera had to sweep the road on the first day, and he lost the time, and then he just went about trying to chase him down. And it was a it was a brilliant performance by Tanak to um, you know withstand the pressure and uh, uh, lead home the Toyota in its home in its backyard, basically um, in the Hyundai. So. Uh, it was uh, it was a really intriguing rally to watch some big crashes again, some some absolute shockers. Um, uh, young Solberg rolled his car only a few hundred meters into the first first uh, um, um, stage. On the first day, and uh, that was the end of that. Pretty much, um, it was brutal, but uh, very, very intriguing.
1: Hey, i um, speaking of uh, staying on the rally subject. I, I read somewhere, and you you you're heavily involved with Ripco Rally New Zealand. I, am I hearing that it's already being going to be renewed for 23? Uh, is the
0: Conversations there... are well underway. Yeah, well, underway. how encouraging
1: um, is that after all the hard work? To, you
0: well, know... I, th- I hope it's I hope it's because. Um, you know, the, the team here at Ripko Rally New Zealand have, have proven and put in the hard yards and just been relentless in their push and their desire to have WRC back to New Zealand. And I hope that's, a, you know, it's going to be a reward for um, the, you know, dog with a bone attitude to, to get, you know, rally cars and the best best rally car drivers in the world back to, back to New Zealand because um, the effort and the time, the money, the whole out uh, the commitment by that team, um, deserves to be rewarded.
1: Yeah, and, and and I noted too in the in the press releases about him Hayden, you know, finishing third. There was no there was no talk. The talks gone away about not getting that car back. I've got a good feeling. Yeah, well,
0: he made he made a comment um, uh, in the in the news actually tonight um, that saying that it's now just about getting the car car on the plane and getting it back to ah, New Zealand. So okay. I think they must have managed to work it out. But I've not seen anything official um, in any. Um, you know, motorsport sort of um, news as yet, but he did he did make a comment about it.
1: And uh, just before we go, uh, it was good to see, uh, you would have seen this, the Sky Speed story we did on uh, Chris Vanderdrift taking his Veloce team to Belgium and also the Italian, the European Championships, uh, Carson Daly, Braxton Kraivanger, Auckland's Ayrton Williams and Christchurch's Vin, Vin Shelp, And they had, a, they had a pretty good time. The most overriding impression I got from uh, reading the story, Murph, was that uh, even practices are like races. And there yeah. is so, and that, that the intensity level is through the roof for these young boys.
0: Oh, uh, mate, they, they, the, the desperation in um, the European karting scene uh, because of, you know, the hopes and the dreams to become the next Lewis Hamilton or Scott Dixon or whoever, you know, Max Verstappen, um, that's what it's all about. And so it is, it is a cutthroat, absolutely cutthroat. So it'd be good to catch, have a catch up. With Chris when he gets back and and get a download on um, on how it all went. Yeah, um, we, we
1: we might do that next Thursday. All right, mate. Hey, best of luck. Travel safe. Enjoy the test. Enjoy the liver reveal. Make sure you send us some photos. We'll and be all right uh,
0: without me on Monday, we'd we'll be all right. We'd we'll be able uh, to manage. She's hard work. I well, know she's she's,
1: she's bloody hard work, but she's a lot of fun. Like just like you, and you're hard work too. Don't don't you know? Get, no, get, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, no, you, not you're a saint. That's us done for Repco Race Control. Hoopeds coming next. Stick with us.